our meditation this morning is our gospel lesson from Luke chapter 9. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into, into his harvest field. These are the words of our Lord. Eight hundred and thirty-three percent. That is how much the population of Gilbert has increased over the last 30 years. 833%. It was around 30,000 in 1990. And today is, sorry, 30,000. Yeah, 30,000, yeah. And is now, as of 2020, 230,000 people. Sorry, it's not 230. I'm getting all my numbers mixed up. 280,000. It went from 30,000 to 280,000 in 30 years. That's an increase of about 833%. That's a lot of people. Look around. See the crowds. And maybe you look and you see the crowds and you say, I don't like the crowds. In just the three plus years that I've been here, these roads are getting busier and busier around here. Uh, the waits at restaurants, for how many restaurants we have here, you walk in, it's an hour and a half to get a table. You go to the store and there's just people all over the place. Right? See the crowds? I don't like these crowds very much. Well, this morning, let's view the crowds a little differently. Not as something that annoys us and, and something to complain about, but Let's see the crowds how Jesus does. Let's look at the 280,000 people just of Gilbert, the community in which God has placed this church, and look at them through the eyes of Jesus. Because if we dig just a little deeper than 280,000 people in Gilbert, you look at what do they believe in? I've had a struggle over the last three-plus years in my time here to figure out how many members are there of the LDS Church here in Gilbert. I, I, I've come across all sorts of different numbers, and I've never really found an official statistic. But just recently, I came across maybe, maybe the most accurate, but also the most eye-opening, because it's, it's, it's way off from what I thought it was. You know, the, the, the LDS Church has what they call stakes, S-T-A-K-E, Right, it's a picture of a tent stake. These different locations where they come together, they call them their steak houses. Not, not like steak that you eat for it, but the steak house. And a steak house, a, a, a Mormon steak, has anywhere from three to 5,000 members in it. There are 25 stakes just in Gilbert. That's not including Mesa, Queen Creek, Santan Valley. Just in Gilbert, 25 stakes. You do the math. Let's just go with the middle number. You know, three to 5,000. Let's say there's 4,000 per stake, 25 stakes. That's 100,000 Mormons in Gilbert out of 280,000 people. That's more than a third of Gilbert. 
statistics, research shows that in Gilbert, a third of the population claims no church at all. They're not connected to any church. They have no religion. They have no interest in religion whatsoever. That is 95,000 people of the 280. So you add up the members of the LDS church, and you add up those who are unchurched, 195,000, that's nearly three-quarters of Gilbert. You know what Jesus sees when he looks out on the crowds of our community? He sees what he saw in his day. He sees people who are harassed. Members of the LDS church are harassed because they're told how to live and what to do and how to get right with God. That's harassment in a sense, isn't it? And the Pharisees of, of Jesus' time were doing the same thing. You've got to keep all these rules in order to get right with God. Jesus looked out on the crowds of his time and he looks out on the crowds of our community and he sees people who are helpless. He sees people who think they got it all figured out. People who on the outside at least seem to have good lives, but they're searching. They have to be because they haven't found and they don't know what it is that, that really will only satisfy and give them true peace, the true God. Jesus looks out upon the crowds of his time and the crowds of our time and our community. He sees people who are harassed and he sees people who are helpless and he sees people who are like sheep without a shepherd. Who are just wandering through this life aimlessly with no great purpose. Who are in danger. Spiritually and eternally. He sees sheep without a shepherd, people who are not being cared for by the good shepherd, Jesus, who is the one looking out on the crowds, who alone can feed and comfort and care for and protect like nothing or no one else can. Jesus looks out on the crowds of our community, and he sees people who are helpless and harassed, sheep without a shepherd. And you know what it leads him to have? says he has compassion. He has compassion on them. And this word that's used for compassion in the Greek, it's this picture word. And the picture of compassion is this feeling deep down in your guts. You've had that feeling before, right? It's just something's churning down there, not because you had bad Mexican food. It's, just, it's something that something's bothering you. Right? That feeling of, I, I've got I've to do something. I've got to act because I'm looking out and I see someone who's hurting, someone who's lost, someone who's in trouble. That's what compassion is in this word that, Jesus, that, that, that the gospel writer uses for what Jesus has when he looks out. He's got this feeling deep down in his guts that leads him to do something. That leads him to take action. And you know what he does? In his time, he, in our time too, he looks out on the crowds who are harassed and, and helpless and, and like sheep without a shepherd and he has compassion on them. And then he turns to his disciples who are standing there with him and he says, 
Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. It says at the beginning of our lesson that Jesus is going around every town and every village and he's, he's preaching the good news of the kingdom. He's proclaiming, I'm the Messiah, I am here, right? And he is working tirelessly to reach as many people as he can with this good news. And he just stops for a moment and looks out and goes, man, there's so many to reach. And he turns to his brothers in faith and his disciples and says, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out because the workers are few. But then immediately Jesus answers the prayer that he tells them to pray. You've got your Bible open. Look at what it says right after our gospel lesson. Jesus calls his 12 disciples to him and he sends them out. He sends them out to go to the towns and the villages to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. See, the, the, the prayer that Jesus gives his disciples to pray, he, he tells them to pray it, and then he immediately gives the answer. You guys, you're the ones who are going. And friends, as we look out at our community, as we see the 195,000 harassed and helpless, sheep without a shepherd, the nearly three-fourths of our town of Gilbert. We want to have that compassion of Jesus. We want to be moved in our guts to say there's got to be something we can do. We got to do something. We can't just stand idly by and watch this happen. And then to hear Jesus tell us, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. And that's a prayer that we pray in faith. And you know what his answer to that prayer is? All right, I'm sending you. You. You're the answer to that prayer. You are the answer to your own prayer. Jesus sends his church to show his compassion. Jesus sends his church, you, to the harassed and the helpless, to those who are like sheep without a shepherd. That's what we're called to do. We are called to go. We don't just come and sit. Yes, we do that, and that's important. Don't stop doing that. Keep on doing that more and more and more so that you get that compassion of Jesus deep down in your guts that says, I have to do something. We can't stand idly by so that we can go to the harassed and the helpless, to those sheep without a shepherd, to be Jesus' compassion to this world, to this community. And we look out our at our community and, and we see what Jesus saw. Not just people to complain about because the roads are so busy and the stores are overwhelmed and the restaurants have such long waits. People that annoy us and cut us off and speed and are rude to us in public. No. We see people to love. We see a community to love because Jesus loves them. And that love of Jesus is in our hearts. That love of Jesus to show to people who need it, who are missing it, who don't know it. 
We get to show compassion to our community as we as a church show the love of God to Gilbert. And so you think about what is, how does that look? What do we do? Right? It's, it's nice to talk about it and it's nice to say, well, let's just love our community. Okay? I think we've got to begin to think about that a little bit more, don't we? What does it mean to love our community? What does it mean to have compassion for the, for the 195,000, the nearly three-fourths of Gilbert that are harassed and helpless and sheep without a shepherd? Well, how do we present ourselves as a church to our community? Right. What do we do to get out in the community? To actually go as a church? What do we do when our community comes on our campus? And that happens. Every Sunday, we have people from our community walk in our doors. We have events here on campus like a blood drive in just a couple weeks where there's going to be people from our community who walk on this campus. And what do they see? What do they experience? So as they come and as we go, what does the community think of Heritage Lutheran Church? I asked that question. When I first got here, a little over three years ago, on, a, on an initial survey, and some of you were around at that time, and some of you filled that out, I said, you know, if, if you'd ask someone on the street here in Gilbert what they know about Heritage Lutheran Church, what would they say? And, and there was a lot of common themes in the answers. One of them was, which church? Oh, that one across from the really big one? Or oh, it's really small. Oh, it's, oh, yeah, it's been here a long time, but, you know, the, the, what, we don't really know much about it. Right? Those are the kinds of answers I got from you, from the members of this church. And what would our community say about Heritage Lutheran Church? And is some of that true? Sure, are we small compared to some other churches? Sure, we are. Are we a little hard to see as you drive by? Yeah, we're working on fixing that. But just because we're small, just because we're not a big building with flashing lights and a sign that's turned the right way, just because we're not that doesn't mean we're insignificant. It doesn't mean we can't make a difference. It doesn't mean that we can't do the work that God has called us to do. We are not here to have a pity party and say, oh, we just don't have the resources, we don't have the people, we don't have the money, we don't have the building, we don't have any of that stuff to do what other churches do. No! God has given us the command to go with the gospel. Not just other churches, not just big churches, not just churches with tons of money and tons of staff. He's called us because we are the church. This is the church gathered here that is called to proclaim the gospel to this community. God has placed this church right here on this property for a reason. Yes, it's to support the work that's going on all over the world, but it's to look out to our neighbors, to look out to the 195 harassed and helpless sheep without a shepherd in Gilbert. 
and say, what can we do? To have that compassion of Jesus and be moved to say, we got to do something. And though we're small in numbers, we've got a mighty, amazing God whose powerful word can do anything. And we are called to unleash that power and let the Holy Spirit do his work. So how do we do that? How can we show this love for our community? How can we show compassion to this community that God has placed our little church in? Well, first off, I, I, hope, I hope you regularly pray for the work of this congregation for all of the outreach, for all of the evangelism that is happening, that it is a regular part of your prayers. That you are going to God and saying, bless the work that we're trying to do. Bless the work that we are doing to proclaim the good news of the gospel to those who don't know it. Prayer. Every one of us can pray. There's more you can do too. I'm not going to let you off that easy and just say, just go pray, and that's it. Please pray. But you know what else you can do? You can join us. Uh, when we go out and we put door hangers on doors, and we invite people to come here for, for, for Christmas or Easter, for other special worship services, God has given you the ability to be able to walk and take your arm and go like this and put a door hanger on a doorknob, you can do it. A simple way that you can proclaim the good news of the kingdom by just putting something on somebody's door in our community. We again this year, this January, are going to have people come out from Truth and Love Ministry and from Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary. And even this year, we're, we're having students from Wisconsin Lutheran College in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, come too to help us to canvas to our LDS neighbors to specifically go to their homes and share with them the true message of who Jesus Christ is and how we are saved. By God's grace alone, not by what we do. We are going to go and proclaim that message to those, at least a few of those 100,000 here in Gilbert. Be a part of that. Yes, pray for it, but support it. Support those who are coming with, with meals and, and, and put them up in your homes if you're able. Come and, and get the training. Go and do the canvassing, even if you can come out for just an hour. Go with us. Have that compassion, that feeling in your gut that I got to do something. I can't just sit idly by. Come and go door to door with us. What else can we do? What else can you do to share that compassion for the harassed and the helpless and the sheep without a shepherd? We've got community events that we have. Pray for them, yes. But support them. Get involved in them. Volunteer at them. Right? We, we've got our, the next big event is our youth soccer camp coming up in December. When you start to see the volunteer opportunity, sign up. Come. Help. Be a part of it because we're not just sharing how to play soccer with kids. We're sharing Jesus with kids and their families. We're getting out into our community. We are going out of this building and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. Be involved. See the opportunities that your congregation, your family of believers here is giving you to take this message of the gospel to our community. After the service, and you've already kind of seen this in the news bulletin for a couple of months but, this, but right now today is the Sunday where we're going to kick off we're really promoting you're going to see a video after the service 
for the Everyone Outreach Workshop. It's coming up in October. And through that workshop, we as a congregation are going to come together and begin to see that our purpose here, our, our ministry here, is about reaching the lost. And we're going to change our mindset from that we're just here to be served, that we're here to serve. We're not just here to be fed, but we're here to go and feed others with the word of God. That we're not just here to receive love and compassion from God, but to go and share that love and compassion. That every ministry that we have here and every member here is here to reach the lost. Come and be a part of that workshop. Invest yourself in the mission and ministry of this congregation that you are a part of, that you have said that you are a part of. You got a part to play. And that starts with having compassion for the lost, for the helpless, for the harassed, and then saying, what can I do? I've got this feeling in my gut that I got to do something. Here am I, send me. You are the harvest workers. You are the answer to the prayer. Every one of us. Why should we do this? Why not just leave it to somebody else? Why should it be your responsibility, not just everyone else's responsibility? Because remember who you were. There was a point in your life when Jesus looked out and saw you. And he saw someone on the outside. And he saw someone who was harassed and helpless. He saw a sheep without a shepherd. And on that day, he brought you into his family. And maybe it was by water being poured on your head. And those words, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit entered into your heart. And you were adopted into God's family. And no longer were you harassed. Because you came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. No longer were you helpless because... You know, the almighty God who forgives you and loves you. No longer were you a sheep without a shepherd, but you were a sheep of the good shepherd. And maybe it was a time when, when you walked into a church or, or, or someone in your family, a parent or a grandparent or a friend, shared the gospel with you. And that moment, no longer were you harassed and helpless or a sheep without a shepherd. Through that gospel, the Holy Spirit worked faith in your heart. You see, Jesus has had compassion on you. He looked out and saw you and he saw someone who needed to be saved, someone who needed to be rescued, someone who needed him. And he did it. And if you've forgotten that, if that's something that's so distant to you on what God has done for you, well then come back and hear it again. They're really no different than the crowds out there. We get up in the morning the same way they do. Put on our pants, one leg at a time, just like they do. We go to work just like they do. Right? We go out to eat just like they do. Right? We know that. But we've got something different. Something we are so blessed to have. By God's grace and by God's grace alone. To know the good shepherd. To be in his care. Look out and see the crowds. And see those who don't have what you have. And who even if they don't know it are longing for it. And desire it. 
something that we alone can give and share. Jesus says here, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. God has gathered 217 of his people together here at this church. And when you look out and you see a community of 280,000, almost three-fourths of who are harassed and helpless and sheep without a shepherd, that can seem like a daunting task for a, a little group of 217 people. But that's okay. Because this Jesus is with us to continue to show us his love to continue to show us his compassion, to continue to come and, and forgive our sins through word and sacrament and strengthen us in faith so that we can go and see the crowds and love them and have compassion on them and go and share Jesus with them to proclaim the good news of the kingdom for the salvation of their souls. God grant us that compassion to do something Amen.